Welcome, everyone, to the newest Discover Strength Podcast mini-series, where we'll be focusing on 12 things we think are essential for getting better results from your workouts in less time. Join us as we go deeper on each topic in a format that's perfect for sharing and broadening your own knowledge. Thanks for joining us, and please enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our Discover Strength mini-series talking all things you need to know in the gym. I'm joined again by David G, our Vice President of Operations and an exercise physiologist at Discover Strength. Dave, today we're talking about strengthening uh, for tone and bulk. What kind of weights do we need to use? What kind of reps do we need to use? And is there any truth to this idea that you need to target lower reps or higher reps? Why don't you kick us off and talk a little bit about this myth and misconception? Yeah, so this myth has been around for years, right? It's been around for decades that if you use a really heavy weight and don't do many repetitions, you're going to get more bulky. And if you use lightweight and do a lot of repetitions, it's going to lead to more of a toned appearance. And as we've talked about before, we'll have clients come in that say, well, I don't want to use too heavy of a weight because I don't want to get really bulky when we know that there's no way that that person is going to get a very bulky appearance using a heavy weight. There's there's just no correlation between weight that is used and then the morphological changes that that person actually makes. Yeah, and I think this is one of the best examples we have in the industry of kind of what we would call missing the forest through the trees, right? You see a power lifter who's using excessively heavy weights and man, they're huge and they're jacked and you think, well, it must be uh, cause and effect there. They're using those big weights. They're getting those big muscles. And then we see, you know, the ballerina or the jazzercise person who's got really toned arms and they're using those little tiny weights and they're doing a thousand reps of everything. And we go A plus B equals C. It must be from those weights they were using. But the research, unfortunately, doesn't back up that assumption at all. And there's been a lot of research on this in recent years because this is, like I said, really, really pervasive. So what do we know actually as far as rep ranges and what it's going to cause from a hypertrophy strength gain perspective? What does the research say there? Yeah, so simply stated, regardless of the repetition range that you use, you're going to see generally the same change in muscle size, regardless of if it's four reps with a heavy weight or 20 reps with a lightweight. Now, when we start to talk about differences in tone and bulk, one of the reasons that people get really bulky is their genetic makeup, right? You have somebody who maybe has more testosterone or more testosterone receptors. They may have more type two muscle fiber. There may be a myriad of reasons why somebody has a more bulky appearance. And generally speaking, it's a lot of males. Um, and same with the flip side of a more toned appearance. So a lot of it has to do with their genetic makeup. And it's important to keep in mind that a toned appearance is simply the absence of fat and the presence of muscle. So even if you're somebody who's uh, genetically has the makeup to put on a lot of muscle tissue, right? You're a high responder to resistance training in that way. Uh, if you want a more toned appearance, you still need to lose body fat in order to appear more toned. But that person is probably never going to get the appearance of, like you said, a, a ballerina, for example, right? They just, they just don't have the genetics for it, simply stated. Yeah. And I think this is something that gets lost on people a lot. And it is unfortunately one of the, um, the, I guess the more negative pieces of strength training, right? And resistance training is, you sort of find out what your genetic makeup is pretty quickly. And we have people that come into the gym that, you know, they, they train for three or four weeks and they put on 
a few pounds, right? You start to see them getting larger and responding, uh, like you said, those high responders to exercise. And man, when you see a genetic freak like that, it's cool. We know they're going to get big. We know regardless of the type of rep ranges and the type of weights we use, they're going to put on a lot of size. And then we've got people who are, you know, petite runners. Maybe they've been doing Pilates for forever. It doesn't matter how many years they train. Now they can add some muscle, but they're never going to get that muscle bound appearance uh, that maybe a lot of men are looking for. So we just try to dispel this early on. And there's really a lot of freedom in this. Once you start to understand it and accept it, what are sort of the weight ranges that you can see these adaptations from and how can we apply that to our own workout routines? What does that mean for us as a client or a trainee? Yeah. So you, you kind of spoke to this, but you know, there's some, some good news and you could call it bad news, but just a, a reality. Um, the good news is that this really, like you said, it frees you up to use a lot of different weights and rep ranges uh, in order to achieve the desired result. As long as you understand what's the desired result, is it to get more toned? I probably need to do some things from a dietary perspective and same on the flip side for getting bulky. So I think that it probably influences what and how you eat more so than how you should be training. And I think that's a hard barrier for people to get through. But as long as you're training with the right level of intensity, right? You're training to the point of momentary muscle failure. You're still training the entire body and giving yourself ample recovery time between workouts. You're going to see great results. And then the bulk and the tone side may be more and probably going to be more affected by how you're eating and how you're taking care of your diet. So it frees you up to a lot of different options from a, a weight and rep range perspective. Generally speaking, I would say if you're going heavy, it's probably going to be heavy weight. You're going to fail somewhere in the three to five rep range. And really light is going to be closer to 20 repetitions is where you would approximately fail. But you could go upwards of 30, 40 reps if you really wanted to go that high volume. Yeah. And in, in the recent uh, Brad Schoenfeld paper, Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, who's been a guest in the past, uh, this is within the last year or two, they looked at and saw that it was anywhere from about 40% to about 80% of your one rep max, which gives you just a huge range to work with. So like David was saying this could be as low as three to five repetitions and as high as 20, 25, maybe 30 repetitions. But let's talk about maybe some of the disadvantages of someone who may want to train with a lighter weight and some reasons why, uh, even from time to time, it might be more advantageous to train with a heavier load, knowing that the adaptations are going to be very similar. What are some of the, let's say, disadvantages of lighter load training and advantages of heavier load training? Yeah. So unquestionably for me, the reason why somebody specifically an older person should be using heavy loads is because of the benefit that it has on bone mineral density. So using a lighter load doesn't put as much stress on you orthopedically on the bone to adapt and become basically more dense. So using a heavier weight is actually probably something we should be doing significantly more with individuals who are kind of uh, going down the process of osteopenia, osteoporosis, it's going to help slow that process down significantly. So that's one of the big benefits of using heavy load versus light load is the benefit on bone mineral density. And there's a few others, but I think that's the one that is, is definitely most important when it comes to why should somebody use a heavier load? Well, it's really beneficial from a bone perspective.
Okay, so for lighter loads, what might be some of the disadvantages, uh, aside from just time, right, it takes longer to do more reps, what might be some of the actual disadvantages of using a significantly lighter load in your training? Yeah, so outside of less benefit from a bone mineral density perspective, I think there's two. One is it's highly uncomfortable. So the level of discomfort that you're going to feel using a lighter load training to the point of muscle failure just introduces the possibility of you just getting psychologically cooked and not being able to mentally work through the discomfort and maybe not truly reaching muscle failure. So uh, aside from maybe not reaching muscle failure, just being uncomfortable is not always something that people seek out, um, even in a, a gym perspective or in a gym uh, context. So more discomfort is one. And the number two is longer recovery. So when you train to 20 repetitions to failure, it generally is going to take you a little bit longer to fully recover between your workouts compared to if you were using a heavier load. So that may be one other one. I think that that one is is probably uh, least important of the of the few. Um, I think that those uh, bone roll density and the discomfort ones um, are, are maybe a little bit more ones that I would highlight, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to to highlight here as well too. We we want to work within that that spectrum, and it's it's pretty broad, right? It gives us a lot of wiggle room on either side. That forty to eighty percent, it's not a hard number, but somewhere in there, I mean, that's giving you a lot of different weights and rep ranges to work with. I think the things that are important to think about too is obviously if the weight's too low, like you said, there's a chance you're going to fail mentally before you fail physically, right? If you set the weight significantly too low because of that discomfort level. And then there's also a chance if you set the weight too high that you can't actually perform enough work to create the adaptations, right? So if all you're doing is one repetition maxes, uh, you may never actually see any sort of adaptations with the big caveat being if your goal or your sport is to lift as heavy as humanly possible you need to practice that right so so the big caveat here is if you want to lift really heavy weights you're doing something like powerlifting, you need to practice that skill but if your overall goal is health and wellness there's that broad range uh that you can work with so what's sort of the big picture of why this is so good and I, I know we've touched on this a lot but i think one of the things that happens a lot with people is they get burnt out on a particular exercise routine so why is having this wide range to work with maybe so important for people yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it allows you to vary the stimulus that you're you're working under and give you a little bit more psychological variety in the workouts that you're doing. So you don't, for lack of a better term, mentally burn out by doing the same thing over and over again for the rest of eternity. Now, there are some people who love that and can handle that. And that's their jam is to do, uh, you know, five to 10 exercises always in the same order every time. Um, but I would argue that, uh, switching it up psychologically is is really beneficial and will help you work through some different plateaus that you might run into over the course of your training journey. Yeah, so just so many key takeaways here and so many important things to remember that, you know, the, the spectrum for adaptations is really wide. Um, as far as the adaptations you're going to get, unfortunately, it's pretty largely genetically predetermined. But if tone is your focus, if, if getting a little more um, 
chiseled, if you want to call it that, is, is your main priority, then it's really going to come down to strength training so you can increase the muscle mass you have and then decreasing calories, losing some body fat so we can see that physical appearance of tonus of the muscle actually showing through the skin. Um, and then I think the biggest thing is just having that variety. Um, you know, as a lot of our clients know, as a lot of our listeners know, uh, sometimes it can be boring and redundant doing the same thing over and over again. Now, like you said, not for everyone, but knowing that you have the opportunity to work in this really wide range of repetitions with a wide range of uh, weights is just sort of freeing. It gives you the opportunity to say, hey, today I'm going to work really heavy. And next time I'm going to go in and punish myself with 30 reps on it right? And all that's okay. It all falls within that spectrum. So uh, just really great takeaways. Dave, do you have anything else to share with our listeners before we let you go? Yeah, I think I think a important point when it comes to this one, I, I don't want the genetic aspect of it to be disheartening. The goal should always be, I know I don't have the genetics of Adrian Peterson or LeBron James. I'm never going to be six foot nine. I'm never going to run a four four forty. Uh, I'm constantly thinking about how do I just maximize my genetic potential? How do I pair the exercise that I'm doing with the right diet to maximize my genetic potential? And I think that needs to be the mindset and, and stop worrying about comparing to what you see other people in the gym either look like or what they can do because so much of that is genetically predetermined. I want to figure out what can I do and how can I maximize my potential? So I think it's it's important and, and don't let that be disheartening um, that you're not LeBron James or Adrian Peterson. Maybe one day, maybe one day. Thank you, Dave, for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you all again next week. Thanks, Logan.